Hey you, thank you for tuning in and I hope you have already listened to um, the singleness story um, where sis is burning in the middle of, of Bible class. And if you haven't, go ahead and pause this here and listen to that first and then come back to listen to this. But I want to make sure that you found yourself in that story. You know, don't read it and be like, oh, girl, she is a mess, you know, Um, especially if you're a guy, because I know I spoke from the point of view of a woman. But even if you are, uh, you know, my brother, you know, there have been times where someone has walked into church or walked into the supermarket or walked into the library and you had a hard time refocusing on whatever you were doing before. It's the same thing. So whether you're a girl, a boy, a man, a woman, um, you know, find yourself in the story. Find, identify a time where you were in a like uh, a similar position and, you know, listen to it from that standpoint. Um, but we've all been there. Like I said, we've all had difficulty um, focusing back on what we were doing when something comes our way, especially something we're looking for, something we think we want, something we think that the Lord is somehow withholding from us. And if you are a single person, um, I want you to know that I get it. I see you. I understand. Um, I know that it is not easy. I think in all of my talking with people, the number one most frequent topic that I am talking about to a lot of young ladies and a lot of young men is singleness, you know, and around the topics of how do I wait? How do I wait? Well, what am I supposed to be doing while I wait? Why is the Lord taking so long to send me my Boaz? Why is the Lord um, um, obscuring the face of my um, um, Ruth? You know, what's up? Like, you know, I, I and I get it. I understand. And, and that's why because this topic is so frequent um, amongst the people that I talk to, that's why I chose it to be the very first thing that I talk about. And so we're going to we're going to tackle singleness a little bit. Just we're just going to talk about it and see, you know, what the Lord would have us say. Let's see the Lord behind singleness. Remember what I said in 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 everything that we're going to talk about and already in you. The idea here is to demystify the Lord, right? There is not a cloud of of mystery around Jesus and around his plans. He can be just as plain um, as anything else. And so I want you to look for the Lord behind the topic and don't just look at the topic. And so we're talking about singleness. And this first segment of singleness, we're going to talk. I'm talking to my singles that are over the age of 28 because I understand that it is, is it, it is a little different. It is not the same thing as someone, you know, under 28. Um, and so if you are over 28, this is for you. But even if you're under 28, still listen, because I think there are gems for us to catch even even there. Um, Psalms chapter 90, verse 14. Let's talk. Let's start right there. In Psalms chapter 90, verse 14, Moses is writing and he writes this. He says, satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. I'll read that verse again. Psalms chapter 90, verse 14, satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. And I want you to notice the prayer. I want you to pay attention to his focus. He's not praying for love. He's not praying for um, greater um, abilities to trust or faith or this or that. He's praying for satisfaction. 
And so the first question I want to ask my over 28ers um, is, is Christ sufficient for you? Are you satisfied with Christ? Is he enough? Or are you waiting for some kind of completion in love for someone to complete you? Hey, my name is Boaz and yours must be Ruth. So you must be the one, right? And so this is the person, the magical person I've created in my mind who is going to complete me, who is going to make me feel like I am enough, who's going to make my life worth living. And that's the way we approach love sometimes, especially when we feel like we've been waiting longer than most. Love is that one thing. Love is the summit, right? So if I'm climbing Mount Everest, love is the pinnacle, the point at the top where I reach. And that's what we've created love to be. But here Moses is saying, satisfy me each morning. And so if his love, the love of our father is not enough for you now, let me submit to you that it won't be enough for you later. If I can't be okay with the love that God is giving me now, then I won't be okay with the love that he's given later, even when I have the love I think I'm seeking. Because I, I, I see this so often where people enter into marriage with this idea that this is the next thing. This is the next thing that's going to make me feel like, you know, I have not necessarily arrived, but I'm moving on in life. This is the next step. And then they get married and they realize that that hunger and that ache and that thirst in the pit of their bellies is still there. Why? Because they're not satisfied. They're not satisfied with the Lord. They're not satisfied with his love. And so some of us need, not some of us, all of us need to pray the prayer that Moses is praying. Lord, satisfy me each morning with your unfailing love so that I may sing to the end of my life, even if that end is me continuing to be single. Now, am I praying that over you? I am not. You know, I know that, but I know by experience that marriage can be great. But I'm also saying that the Lord has a way of doing the things he wants to do. And so until the Lord does it for you, your prayer has to be this prayer. Lord, satisfy me each morning, not once in a lifetime. Satisfy me each morning. And then I want you to understand something else. The Lord is not in the business of giving you what you think will satisfy you. He gives what he knows will satisfy you because you think it's Joshua right in the story the young lady thought it was Joshua she couldn't get her mind off of Joshua 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 sweet Jesus Joshua and so you think it's Joshua you think it's Kelly you think it's Robert you think it's Sasha but God already knows it's not any of those people Part of the reason that the divorce rate in the world, not just the U.S., but in the world is so high is because we've placed people and it's that's not where the value needs to be placed. Remember what I said before when I was talking about already in you and how we search for things, things. Sometimes those things are also people and I'm searching for a person where what I really need, what my heart and my soul and my spirit actually need is the Lord. 
And so God knows, listen, if I give this person this thing, it's not actually going to help her. It actually will make her worse. And so sometimes the Lord withholds the thing until you actually learn the lesson, until you get an understanding that what I'm really searching for is a greater measure of God in my life, a greater measure of Jesus in my life. Satisfy me with your unfailing love. What I'm really searching for is a greater measure of the love of God. And that cannot be found in a person. You thought the itch in your soul was named Grace. So you married her. And very quickly you realized that this can't be it. This can't be her. I made a bad decision. And so the next thing is divorce. It's human nature to change your mind right? Today, I love Rocky Row ice cream. Tomorrow, all the additions to the chocolate ice cream make me nauseous. The marshmallows, the nuts, the, the caramel, the, 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 the chocolatey swirl, whatever, whatever. I don't want to see none of that. Today, now I want vanilla ice cream, plain. That's the way we were created. So it's not even like I'm telling you that it's a bad idea that 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 we were created this way. No, because that's that that really is to say, Lord, you didn't know what you were doing. But the Lord gave us choice for a reason. Psalms 145 verse 16 says, "You open your hands and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Not the need, but the desire. Because sometimes, you know, we want to make it seem like, okay, God wants to give you what you need. But that's not what this verse said. The Bible just said here in Psalms 145 verse 16, that he wants to give you even your desires. You open your hand and satisfy the desire. So God cares about your desires. But then at the same time in Psalms 37 verse verse 4, The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires and the secret petitions of your heart. So he cares about your desires. He cares about your wishes. He cares about your wants. He cares about your dreams. Without desires, he has nothing to give you, even if you do your part in delighting. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires. So you have to have desires so that after you finish delighting, there's something for the Lord to do. But it's not automatic. It's not like, okay, I have these desires and so Lord do it because I delight in you. I can desire $50 million and delight myself and still not get it. So then consider this, another Psalm, Psalm 84 verse 11 says, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So the Lord will give you what will satisfy you only when it's good. Remember, no good thing will he withhold. So could it be that you don't have it yet because it's not good yet? Maybe it's being withheld because it's not ready. If he could give the gift of his blameless son to a completely undeserving world, why wouldn't he, why would he withhold another son or daughter from you, whether or not you're deserving? 
Are you more undeserving than the world is of a, of a righteous father in Jesus Christ? I want you to consider that. I want you to think on that. Think on the fact that God, the Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, that's a, a really common verse. We all know it, or most of us know it. And so if God, in all his beauty, in all his holiness, in all his righteousness, in all his wonder and his splendor, could give his only son to a diminished and deplorable world like the one we live in, what makes you think that the same God would not want to gift you with a son or daughter, whether or not you're deserving. Because remember, the world was not deserving of Jesus and yet the Lord still gave him. And so I want to remove this idea that I have to be deserving, right? I think we've turned singleness into this curse. You're single because you haven't been good. You're single because uh, uh, there's some, some, some blemishes in your past. You're single because you're not a virgin. You're single because you got saved too late. And so now you're, you're reaping the, the, the repercussions of being saved for two years instead of being saved for 15 years. Like most of us, can we, can we be careful with creating, uh, 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 this type of reward system with marriage? Marriage is not a reward. Marriage is simply an issue of timing, which I'll get to in another episode. But I want to make sure you understand if God could give Jesus to a world that didn't deserve him, why would the Lord not give you a son or a daughter, whether or not you deserve him? God is in the business of giving good gifts. No good gift will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So the the thing to note here is that the Lord will give what will satisfy you only when it's good. We didn't deserve Jesus, but he was given anyway. It was not a matter of merit, but a matter of grace. No amount of good that the world could have done would have made it worthy of Jesus. So marriage is not the gift for those who did everything right. Those who read all the books and attended all the seminars, those who were active in their youth groups and came to the Lord at the ripe age of eight. No, simply put marriage is the Lord's prerogative. If he favors you to marry young or he favors you to marry older, it is according to his will. All of it is favor. And both have their pluses and their minuses. And so don't, I think we've created this situation where everything looks greener on the other side and you have no idea because there are those of us that got married young who wish they had waited a little longer. And those of us who got married older who wish that the Lord would have blessed us a little bit younger. Everybody is wishing something. And so it is the Lord's will to give you when he wants to give you. And it is your, your responsibility to accept that what the Lord is doing actually is best. Remember every good gift, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So I want you to think about this. Where is my focus? 
What I really need is satisfaction and not the love of a person. So Lord, take me to that place where you are all I need and everything else is extra. Where the love that I receive from my father is enough when I lay down at night and it's enough when I wake up in the morning and anything else he wants to give me is extra, but I'm at the, I'm at a baseline with him because I have that level of love. I'm not searching for additional love because I'm satisfied with what he has. And when he wants to bless me with additional love, he will do that. But until then, I'm happy right here. Satisfy me, Lord. And then I want you to ask yourself, is it good yet? Our father is only going to give what will satisfy you if it's good. So maybe it's not good yet. And the prayer is, Lord, make it good. And I can't tell you what's not making it good. But that's, but if I believe the word of God, no good gift is he going to withhold. If I have identified that marriage for me is a good gift and, and yet it's being withhold, withheld, rather, then I have to think about what's, what's the issue here. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So could it be that I'm not walking uprightly? And so maybe this is a wake up call for you to get your relationship with him in order. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Well, am I walking uprightly? Because if I'm not walking uprightly, then it's being withheld for that reason. If I believe the scripture. And then along with that, I have to ask myself, am I good yet? Because if I'm truly my brother's keeper, then I have to care whether she or he gets a king or queen or a stable boy or or the maid in the house. I have to be concerned about whether he's getting a gem or a germ. Hello? Am I a good gift? And that's a question you can ask the Lord in prayer. Lord, am I good yet? And I don't mean from the standpoint of Lord, make me better. Oh, I'm so this. I'm so that. Woe is me. Nope. Nope. Because you are perfect. You are a perfect individual created in the image of God. And so I don't want that to turn into a, I'm a horrible person, uh, Uh, nobody wants me because of X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. No. Okay. Let me stop that thought process right there. You are made in the image of God. And because my father is perfect, so are you. But that does not mean that there aren't things that we need to work on. That doesn't mean that there aren't things that are in our lives right now that are not conducive to a healthy, growing, godly relationship. And so maybe, maybe it's being withheld because there is something I need to do with me. Not that something is wrong with me, but something needs to happen before this next thing can, can be. Maybe you're, you're an individual and you have issues, um, forgiving. Let me submit to you that if you can't forgive, marriage is going to be very hard for you. And so when the Bible says no good gift will he withhold, maybe that's the thing challenging that word good. 
And so maybe there are things that the Lord would have you focus on prior to bringing Joshua, uh, prior to bringing Rebecca, try prior to bringing Sabrina or talk back prior to bringing all these people. The Lord is saying to you, listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to give you this thing because the gift isn't good yet. Not you, the gift. And so start to ask the Lord, Lord, am I, am I good? Am I a good gift? I know you made me perfectly. I know that I'm beautiful because I look like you. But what about these parts of me, the baggage, the, the, the parts of my heart that I locked up, the person I locked in my heart two years ago who I've refused to release, right? What about my attitude? What about my anger? All these things, maybe the Lord is asking you to take care of some of these things. Look at some of these things and not look to yourself to get rid of them. Look to me to work in you so that these things no longer matter. So that these things are no longer uh, uh, complete aspects of your life. So some of us need to be honest with the Lord and honest with ourselves. He can do a quick work. What's not ready right now can be ready in minutes because the same God who created everything you see in seven days is the same God that can remove something from your life in a matter of seconds. And so I want you to remember, it is the Lord that brings satisfaction. It is not things, whether your career, a person, a spouse, uh, children, it is not things that bring satisfaction. It is the Lord. I want you to think on Psalms 90 verse 14, even as we talk about uh, the next thing, the next aspect of singleness. In the next episode, we're going to be looking at my single friends who are under the age of 28. um, And we're going to look at what that looks like for you. But to my singles who are over 28, think about this. Think about these things. God is not withholding good gifts. He is not in the business of withholding good gifts. You have to believe that. You have to get that in your mind. God gives great gifts. So if it's being withheld for now, it's being withheld for a reason. And I'm not telling you that you have to find that reason. I don't want you, again, we're not searching for things. I'm telling you that you have to begin to trust the Lord. In his time, he makes all things beautiful. Remember, all you need for life and godliness has been given to you. It's already given. It's already yours. It's already in you. I love you plenty.